now the owners can't be contacted there's no kind of profit coming obviously money is trapped and held it's an absolute disaster andrew i'm mm. not gonna lie hello fellow risk takers and welcome to my worst investment ever stories of loss to keep you winning in our community we know that to win in investing you must take risk but to win big you've got to reduce it ladies and gentlemen i'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives i want to thank you for joining that mission today fellow risk takers this is your worst podcast host andrew stotts from a stotts academy and i'm here with featured guest ruben mattinson ruben are you ready to join the mission I very much am, Andrew. Let's go. All right, let's do it. So Ruben, I'm going to give you a little intro so people know where you're coming from. Ruben graduated with a degree in physiotherapy in 2012. He followed this up in 2013 with a degree in science teaching. It was during this time that Ruben began building his first company, RJM Tax Exemption. In under three years, Ruben successfully developed his vision from its infancy into a highly successful multi-million dollar global e-commerce consultancy firm by the age of 30. Possessing a long-term fascination with wealth creation, Ruben has a keen interest in the world of trading and investing, particularly the Forex market. He spent the past 10 years developing what has now become the Pooley Forex software company that clients can tap into. Ruben, why don't you take a moment and tell us about the unique value you are bringing to this wonderful world? Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to a lot of the time experience. And I think I've had a bit of a wide stretch of experience, as you can hear that. I've dealt with people on many different levels, on a health professional level, on a mentorship level, on a teaching level, on a managerial level, on a CEO level, running companies. So I have a vast experience of people. I would say people is my fascination beyond investing. So mm. I'd like to say I bring a lot of kind of experience of wealth in there. But also, as you touched on, I think my fascination in Forex in particular is probably my my niche that I can bring hopefully a bit of a new perspective on mm -hmm. and yeah, help a few people in that area. Great. And maybe you can just give a brief rundown on what you're doing in that space. And then after that, we'll get into the story. Of course. Yeah. Well, as you heard, it's been a bit of a journey for me uh, the last 10 years in Forex. It's not been a kind of over the night kind of success or setup for me. But what we've just launched is this fantastic company, Pulley Trading, which I'm heading up as CEO. And what we've basically done is we've worked with some incredible human beings and developed what we think is a very diversified and long-term automated algorithm strategy to function on the Forex market. And ultimately what it does is it's trading eight different currency pairs with three different strategies. And these are three different strategies. One is a continuation strategy. One is a reversal in trend price action strategy. And another is a swing strategy with harmonic patterns, its foundation. So we've built this amazing software. We've run it through 10 years of back testing with some fantastic results. We've got a year of proven results already on my FX book, which is, you know, a gold standard of verifying those systems. And we're just excited to see what it's going to do in the future. But it's open to everybody. Within reason, there's a couple of countries are kind of out of regulation, being the US and New Zealand and Australia, but the rest of the world can jump in. It's a low minimum investment. And it's just, I think, a great opportunity for people to test the waters in the world of Forex and hopefully in a regulated, transparent and long term opportunity. Mm, exciting. And the best place for them to go is to Pooley Trading. Would that be the best 
place to learn more about yeah, it? Yeah, Pulley Trading, P-U-L-I, trading.com is great. We also have whypulley.com, which kind of just breaks down the basics of, of what we're about and mm. our heart as a company, which is also helpful for people too. Great. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and tell us your story. Okay. Do I really have to, Andrew? No, I'm just joking. Yes. It's a confession I'll, I'll time. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about this long and hard, to be honest. And I thought most people probably come on and they, they say their worst investment based on the most money they've lost. Mm. I want to base it off the worst kind of decision in principle looking back on it and that's based off me just ignoring my core principles of trading i think over emotion or feeling Mm. so we're talking three years ago i'm not going to name the name of the company but i'll go into it just because i know there's still ongoing things going on with it Mm. but I basically saw this opportunity it was making a really good amount of money kind of again it was it was in the, I would say, a mix of Forex, crypto trading, you know, all that kind of thing. And I know friends who who were getting involved and making a good amount of money. They were making maybe about 12% a month, which is obviously stupid, astonishing gains. And obviously, you go in thinking it's too good to be true. But I thought, you know, I hear them out and, you know, I, I don't normally invest in this type of stuff. And they basically hooked me up with the CEOs and the owners to speak to them directly and basically became a little bit kind of friendly with them kind of thought these must be pretty decent people you know they're open they put their identity out there their lives are on the line they're not kind of hiding that they're also showing me some kind of screen recordings and little clips here and there of you know the trading that's kind of going on and stuff and against my better judgment which is the two core principles of what I've always really stood on and stand for and still stand for which is have proof solid proof that the trading is happening and have solid proof that it's regulated Mm. it wasn't there it wasn't there andrew but i saw the dollar signs i kind of saw these people to you know all the the wonderful people and i invested i invested a substantial amount of money invested hundreds of thousands of dollars actually Mm. which isn't a small amount of money and i can't say like again it wasn't the most money i've lost but I obviously introduced other people to it as well, which is where it starts to become my worst investment because I told Mm. other people about it. I don't think they saw it in the same light as I did. And when people kind of catch on to these things, they can think, oh, it's a get rich thing. It's going to change my life. And even though I was trying to kind of break it down and be like, you know, still be sensible, Mm. have a very small amount of your portfolio if you're going to invest, it spread quite a lot, you know, to a lot of people. And, And ultimately, the company didn't disappear of such, but just kind of stopped overnight functioning in a sense that now the owners can't be contacted. There's no kind of profit coming. Obviously, money is trapped and held. It's an absolute disaster, Andrew, I'm Mm. not going to lie. And I say it again off the fact that it's the regret that even though I can't say I ever sold anyone a dream with it, I always try to be realistic and it's still affected people's lives in a negative way. And it's also affected me negatively. And it, and it all came down to, as I say, going back to the start of not following your core principles of, as an investor and as a trader and not letting the, the bright lights, you know, draw you in and, and attract you as the proverbial fly flies into the bright, you mm. know, electric <laughs> trap. Can you remember the day that you realized all was lost? 
Yeah, I would say <laughs> I probably could. I think it was the day in which I went to contact the owner who I was speaking to regularly, even on the phone, even on mm. video calls, and there was just nothing, you know, nothing coming back. And I think it's when, like, a few warnings started to kind of flag up online as well, like, oh, is the securities warnings in the Amer- in America because they had the U.S. clients. Obviously, I'm U.K.-based, but and I was no expert in that field, and things started to kind of trickle in. And it was more of just when they couldn't answer my questions as well. Like when I, I went back and there was just nothing coming back. Like, why has this happened? Why don't you have these regulations? And yeah, it's a it's a sinking feeling for sure. And something which you need to learn from and, and move on from. And I think that's kind of, as you'll hopefully hear a little bit about our company, it's, it's mm. kind of come off the back of that a little bit of you'd never want anyone to be in that position. And putting someone in a position where there's no accountability I think is highly dangerous. As mm. humans, we all need accountability. In the investment space, we need to be held at the highest level of accountability because wherever money is, there's obviously a lot of dodgy dealings and there's a lot of human emotion that comes in. You know, they they say the love of money is the root of all evil. Money isn't, but the love of it, you know, the obsession <laughs> with it, the just the sake of generating it for the sake of it. So accountability is is such a big one. Yeah, that's why I, it's important. Just like money, don't love it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one. Let me ask you about this just briefly because we've had other guests with similar types of story, particularly in Forex trading. And in the case of one of the guests, what happened was the guys that he was trading with were in, the company was in Mexico, he was in the US. And you know he was making these trades and all of that and seeing the charts. But what he found out was that it was all made up. There was never, Mm. the money was never actually invested in anything. Yeah. And that's different from another group of people. You Maybe you could argue FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried was the type that, you know, I mean, he was trying, you know, like Alameda Research and, you know, Ellison was trying, but, you know, they just didn't know what they did and they were doing. They didn't have the risk controls in place. And so, whoa, okay. What do you think it was behind the scenes with these guys? Was it just simply got your money, keep talking to you, keep you distracted? And when it eventually comes time, we're just going to disappear. Or were they trying to do something and you saw evidence that there was an account or you, you know, even transferring money is not enough to prove that because the guys that were in Mexico doing it with the U.S. guy had transferred him some profits. Mm hmm. From his mm-hmm. trade, which gave him absolute confidence that he was dealing with something very legit in that case. So mm-hmm. just curious what your what your thoughts are there. Yeah, I think it, it came mainly off the back of they they were running for four years, you know, and they'd never missed a withdrawal or a payment to people. You know, people were withdrawing millions and millions of dollars on a weekly basis from their weekly profit from you know, I knew people who'd pulled out their investment and beyond over and over and over. So it wasn't a case that that wasn't happening. But I, I think it was probably a case that they set off of good intentions, thought, well, we'll just put this front up and we'll just find a way to make money. And if we're not making money in one week, we'll subsidize it the next week. And maybe we'll do a bit of crypto mining here. We'll buy some Bitcoin, hope it goes up. We'll do a bit of trading. And I think it probably just caught up on them as far as what they were actually the substance of what they were doing. And you're right, they were hiding behind the fact that they 
hadn't held withdrawals, but as soon as that stopped, obviously that was buff, you know, mm. game over, eyes opened. I think all, obviously, as I said, there was some kind of securities warnings coming up about them, like, hey, actually, shouldn't you have a securities license here? And they weren't addressing that. And again, I think they were kind of saying, well, because we're only accepting cryptocurrency and it's not actual cash and it's anonymous transfers and there's no proof, I think they were trying to get around around it that way. But yeah, you're right. They're clever at kind of just keeping these things going. And at the same time, they could, for all we know, because there was no transparency, just have been a Ponzi from day one. They could have yeah. just been churning people's money over and using that excitement and hype. And that's the scary thing, you know, that we may never know. And yeah. you don't know when you're in it, which is why you need to fight hard to have that proof before you go into anything. Yeah. And I guess my big takeaway is, you know, for pretty much everybody, trade with a regulated entity. Yeah, that's it. You know, trade with a regulated entity. It doesn't mean that they're perfect and they're going to make mistakes and some of them could go bust, but a regulated entity also is not commingling funds. So your funds are separate. Your securities are separate. They're held by mm -hmm. a custodian and, and that type of thing. So it's such a different thing. And if they're not regulated, then just, you know, walk away. And that, that would be kind of my takeaway. But how would you describe the lessons that you learned? Yeah, you know, pretty much nail on the head there, Andrew. Yeah, I think you need to, I mean, in the Forex space, let's say, and in this type of trading, you need to know where the trades are happening are on a regulated brokerage or platform. So the trades can't be faked because that happens a lot, mm. be booking and all sorts of stuff. And you want to know where your money is held is in a regulated place. Those two two pillars. And then obviously you can go on to say, well, of the strategies and the risk management they're using proven mm. and is the stop losses there or whatever their risk strategy is that proven to be there. Mm. And I would say those are the, the three strong pillars you've got to have. So let's go back in time for yourself or for a young person listening to this right now. And they're in a conversation back and forth. Mm. They've even done video calls with these guys that they really like, and they've seen the charts, they've seen the price action, they've seen the upside. They've got the instructions on how to transfer the first small amount. No, don't give us a lot. Just trade with a little bit, get started. You know, they've seen all of that coming at them right now. So based upon what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Oh, man, yeah. I mean, I would say what we've just talked about there really, like push them, ask the hard questions. And if they can't answer the hard questions, ask yourself, why can't they answer them? Mm. And if I could talk to myself that time ago, I doubt I would have listened because the sad thing about human beings is we actually typically only learn through our worst mistakes, which is why this podcast is brilliant because <laughs> we learn only when we felt real pain and real loss. That's when we learn. And it's sad that it takes us to get to that point. But, you know, they say a clever and knowledgeable person learns from their mistakes mm. but a wise person learns from other people's mistakes mm. and if you can be someone who taps into the pain that that other person has experienced and their mistake and you think i don't want to be in that way then you're a wise man and i think being a younger sibling like myself and having two older brothers i did that on a low like low key low scale level when i saw my older brothers do something wrong and get you know punished by the parents i'm like thinking in the background like yeah i probably shouldn't do that actually <laughs> and you know 
And it's kind of like you need to have that younger sibling mentality when it comes into investing. Like you, you want to be looking at what others have done before you, I think. Well, this is what the podcast is all about, learning from others. In fact, my favorite quote is from Otto von Bismarck, who says, only a fool learns from his mistakes. The wise man mm. learns from the mistakes of others. Well, Let me you ask go. you, what's a resource that you'd recommend for our listeners? Just a general resource. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. It could be your own resources or anything else that that's something, you know, that's been beneficial for you. Well, I mean, in a controversial standpoint, Andrew, I would say the Bible, but but that's hmm. that set aside, I would say from a logical point of view, you know, investors who have have done the the right thing time and time hmm. again and been consistent at it, you know, and you know, I love Warren Buffett's story and and his unofficial autobiography, just because it was consistency and discipline, you know, and you hmm. can't, I can't, I guess, I was going to say you can't teach discipline. But I think you can learn it yourself and you can take hold of that. So mm. I would say, look at the most disciplined and consistent people. Look at what's what's made them the people that they are today, what they've done, because, you know, it's the hard things we do and it's the hard decisions we make, which make us the people that we are. So mm. I would say don't go for the flashy, you know, super appealing resources, which are flashing up on YouTube, like, oh, I've made this money this time. Oh, I've done this. Oh, you know, short periods of time. Look at the long-lasting, disciplined people of the investment world and take take a page out of their book. Yeah, and I would just follow it up by saying, you know, I live in Thailand where there's still a tremendous reverence for religion. Yeah. And, and I've watched for 31 years that I have been out of the U.S., I've watched the West try to destroy religion and oh, destroy wow. people's relationships with religion and try to discredit it. And so what I would like to say is that if you if you think the Bible is a good thing, there's a lot of great stories, there's a lot that can be learned from that, and it's helped millions and billions of people over the years, then that's, that's a great resource. And uh, don't let other people, you know, I'm not talking directly to you, but I'm just talking to the audience. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Don't let people discredit something that has bought a lot of value. I think about my, uh, my grandmother, my mother's mother, and she was just a very simple woman who followed the principles of the Bible and was honest and sincere and helped every Sunday. They did potlucks and brought food around to people that didn't have, you know, food. She was at church and she was contributing, you know, to the community. And so, yeah, it's a lot of good right there. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. Yeah. Do you know, what? I've actually got Proverbs is an incredible book. I've got Proverbs just up on my wall in my office and it says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle but those who gain little by little will increase it and that's just again it's a reminder for me up there that don't try to make money really quickly you know don't, mm. don't try to take the shortcuts just take it step by step little by little but yeah thanks for sharing that that's, that's yep. really encouraging yep. all right last question what's your number one goal for the next 12 months take over the world andrew take over the world no I, i'd say is. stop there <laughs> I would say just really get this opportunity in front of as many people as possible. I mean, I would love a goal of to be increasing our fund to, you know, in the several, several millions, but I'd mm. love to just to reach thousands and if not 10,000 people would be great in a mm. year's time who can see that there is people in this space who can do it with integrity, do it right, 
kind of redeem their hope in not just humanity but in the forex space you know and just kind of be hopefully a light on the stand to lead people away from just all of the garbage and the trash which is there where there's no proof there's no regulation and at the very least show people what they should and and should look for when Mm. it comes to um the whole forex opportunity in front of them well listeners there you have it Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. As we conclude, Ruben, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Just get those three pillars in place that we discussed. Regulation, transparency, proof. And don't don't be scared of a bit of risk every now and again. You need to risk to, to gain at the end of the day. Fantastic. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. Let's celebrate that today. We added one more person to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.